Welcome now, the professors of pop. Welcome, everyone. I'm Stephanie Laughlin, and with my co-host Jerry Gabriel, welcome to another episode of Professors of Pop. On this Super Bowl Sunday, we're going to be talking about something that I really don't care too much about in real life, but I do love a good movie about it. I'm talking about sports movies. Jerry, why don't you give us a quick history about the about sports film? Sports movies have been around since the invention of movies. The first sports movie that was featured happened on May 22nd. 1897 and featured James Corbett and Bob Fitzsimmons fighting in a boxing match that lasted over 100 minutes. Now, this was followed in the 20s by a Charlie Chaplin movie called The Champion, which he also plays a boxer. Boxing was very big back in the day, and the, a lot of these underdog stories fighting a Goliath-type opponent were featured and showed that humans can overcome anything, which was pretty neat. But really, sports movies came into their own when they were showing how humanity could fight social injustice, which we've seen in a lot of these movies like uh, Denzel Washington's Hurricane. And sometimes we do like the uh, the underdog-type movie where we see like Moneyball or Seabiscuit. But in a lot of these movies that really tug at our hearts, it's when people are able to overcome some kind of disability they have, like blindsided. Now, there are also movies that take place in the future that have depicted how humans would use games maybe for uh, survival in the future or for like power struggle, which we've seen in Rollerball or the Hunger Games. And now here with our special guest, Joan McLean this week. Class is in session. I'm placing a personal bounty on the head of Tim McCracken. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. Go get him, killer! It's wild. It's outrageous. It's outrageously funny. Paul Newman, Coach Reggie Dunlop in this supercharged world of hockey, invites you to meet the crazies who make it that way. The Players, Murderer's Row. The Wives, The Fans, The Managers. We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Who are these guys? They brought their toys with them! And hustling them all, Paul Newman. Oh, you are very clever. Leave him. My wife left me, I was driving her crazy. Get out! You can't make him win. You're a losing coach. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Behind the comedy, the sex, the wild excitement. This is the absorbing story of one man fighting to hang on in a world gone absurd. never been a film like Slapshot. There may never be another. All right. 
so jumping into sports movies, while I, you know, don't like, like I said in my intro, I don't like to play sports myself. Who doesn't love a good movie about an underdog winning the day? So diving into our topic this week, sports movies. Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about one of your picks for this week's Slapshot? Okay, before I do that, I just want to point out how ridiculously long boxing matches were back in the day. Could you imagine fighting another human being for a hundred minutes? Yeah, like that's yeah, that was that's like, like the standard. It was like every boxing match went on like for twenty rounds or something. Yeah, yeah. like these absurd amounts, and they didn't wear gloves either. I don't know. It just seems they like wear gloves. I, I think the think key to boxing back then was just go to protective shell until your opponent tires themselves out. Yeah, and then they just give up. I or remember something. there was a Simpsons joke where it's like if we didn't watch a boxing match and go for like thirty rounds, we asked for our money back. Yeah, or something. but the thing is, that's kind of <laughs> true. <Yeah>. And anyways. <laughs> Uh, yeah, boxing, boxing movies and boxing matches uh, uh, were always like a classic hit and always like an old timey uh, great. To be, to be honest, I would like to watch some old timey boxing only because I really like those like that move that they used to do, the swirls, <laughs> the old timey the swirls. Old swirls. Yeah, no one does that anymore. And then they have the mustaches to match with the yeah. swirls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of swirls. That's people. that's the kind of thing I care about when we're talking about sports, the fashion, those yeah. little tight outfits they'd wear and also by the way i think it's great that we mentioned that we're recording this on super bowl sunday because this day is the pinnacle day of people who don't care about sports watching sports yeah pretty much they found a way to make people who don't care about sports watch sports yes it's called food and really funny commercials commercials halftime show and uh food yeah and and the other thing that they do which is what all sports movies do is they create storylines they create drama right there's the, there's always the underdog who's fighting the the great uh, the david versus goliath right yeah. there's always the the veteran player who's one last chance at victory or the young upstart or the comeback story or the person who beat odds to uh, be at their point or whatever and that's sort of like you'll see it when you watch the super bowl t- tonight that's they, they sort of frame that yeah, it really symbolizes the American dream in a way that if you're anything, if you're strong and you work hard, you too can be the winner and succeed. Yeah, and uh, by the way, go- going back to boxing, I'm gonna segue into my uh, my pick, which is basically uh, bare knuckled boxing, uh, also known as the movie Slapshot, yeah. uh, 1977 Slapshot, which at this point it's now considered a quote unquote cult classic. Although it's not really like uh, it wasn't really a cult movie at the time, it like it stars Paul Newman. Okay, so first of all, it's all it's it stars Paul Newman. I'll watch right? anything Paul Newman's like, in. Like that's not a low key, uh, uh, you know, that's not that's not a low key uh, 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 lead star. It was it was um, it was directed by uh, George Roy Hill. Who's like th- this is the guy who did like uh, Butch Cassidy and who did the Sting and stuff. So this is not like a like a. It was a big movie. Yeah, th- this was a big movie. Okay, well, if Paul Newman is your star. You know the whole the studio gave yeah. it some cash. Yeah, and and what's interesting, we we're talking about like uh, uh, it, it at the time it was actually very heavily criticized, but not for why we would criticize it now. At the time, it was criticized as being overly violent, which. Honestly, by modern standards, like if you watch, even if you watch another hockey movie, like the movie Goon, 
the I was movie... going to say Goon is definitely the spiritual sister. Oh, to, yes. Uh, the, well, Shot, it's, it's sure. clearly inspired by. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but if you watch the movie Goon, like, even that movie is like way more – like the blood's just more bloody and the guts are more gutsy. So, but at the time, it was like it was like this is now – this movie is actually a send-up of violence. It actually is criticizing the violent culture uh, of hockey in the 70s. Uh but at, at, at the same time, people at that, at that time were shocked. Nowadays, I mean, like, if you were to watch this movie, just, like, as my, my recommendation, if you were to watch this movie, like, it, would, it couldn't be made today with the same lines because it's just, like, grossly homophobic. Uh, like, and, like, the character is supposed to be that. Now, that, like, we understand that, right? That's the character. And, like, the reality, like, growing up as a kid who played hockey in hockey dressing rooms, there was a lot of homophobia in hockey dressing rooms. So... It's accurate. It's very accurate. But I think nowadays it might be seen as like a little over the top with with the the slurs and the hateful remarks. Uh, I don't think anybody today would have a problem with the level of violence in it, to be honest. Like like the the stuff that you see. Uh, Definitely the slurs would be the main. Yeah. One thing I like about the movie is it kind of plays with the uh, who what what's a manly hockey player standard. You bring these three guys in that look like total like bozo nerds that don't belong in hockey, and they're maniacs. They're just totally yeah. fucking crazy yeah. maniacs, and uh, it's crazy. It's like unleash these animals. <laughs> yeah, and it just people. changes. It just changes the game, and uh, it's. The I don't. Is, this thing is, I don't know if this movie has a point to it. Almost like it's weird. It's a weird movie because I wa- when I watched it, I'm like, what is the point of this movie? Like. You, I I think the point is you had to be uh, watching hockey in the seventies to understand it because there's, yeah. if you like I'll just give you guys both the, the historical context of the movie. So it's nineteen seventy seven, and this movie is not fiction. This movie is very much fact. Okay, this is based the Charlestown Chiefs, who's the team, minor league team. Uh, in a town where the steel mill closes and the town's going under and the people are all just like, they're all about to lose their jobs. They're all just, uh, you know, at the end of their ropes. Right. That's accurate. This movie is based on uh, the Johnstown Jets, who are a real team. Right. And how this story came about uh, in, in, in Hollywood was a screenwriter by the name of Nancy Dowd, Academy Award winning screenwriter by the name of Nancy Dowd, I should say. Uh, her brother, who's actually in the movie, he has like a minor bit role. Her brother was telling her about his team that he was on and all the crazy stories and riding the bus and all the the nuts things that happened. And she took all this and said, I'm going to write a, a, a story about it. And so she actually went and lived in Johnstown, which is amazing that she she lived in. And that's where they filmed the movie, by the way. They filmed they filmed the movie in the town that like the fiction, the real town that the fictional town is based on. Um and it was just really, really interesting that she kind of took all their stories and then she made, you know, it's Hollywoodized, obviously. So it's not a it's not a real, you know, it's not a real thing. But but there's a lot of like accuracy in it. So the Hanson brothers are based on three brothers who actually played on the team. I think they were like the Carlson brothers or whatever. Uh, now, obviously, they weren't they didn't necessarily look like or act like the Hanson brothers in the movie It was based on that. Uh, a lot of things that happened in the movie have happened in real life. So them going to the stands to beat up the fans, that actually happened. Like <laughs> that's, that's not a, that's not a, and, and by the way, talk about like life imitating art two years later. Cause I remember like, this is like a classic hockey thing. Two years later, 
we're not even talking about minor league brawlers. The Boston Bruins in Madison Square, Madison Square Garden, two days before Christmas, the whole team went into the stands to beat a guy up because the guy hit one of their players and then stole his stick. So they went into this. You can you can go on YouTube. You can find it. Bruins fight fans, nineteen seventy nine or whatever. Absolutely going to put that uh, on our podcast notes for yeah. this episode for sure. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So like things like that actually happened. Uh, it, the, the, the vibe, the feel, the riding the bus, all that stuff. It's realistic. A lot of the guys in the movie can skate, which like, that's one of the things that really bothers me about like in, in rock movies where like the drummer isn't even hitting the drum at the right time. Yeah. Like they just like, Oh, just, just, just stand behind the drum kit and swing your arms around or something. Like it takes you out of the movie. Like those guys can, can Paul Newman can't skate. Paul Newman's like, obviously like not the best skater the rest of the but paul newman's paul newman like you cast him for a certain reason the rest of them it looks real and it feels real because it is real those guys are like legit skaters uh like uh mike michael onkeen they're the the sort of second lead who's aka the sheriff in twin peaks by the way he was like a minor hockey league player and you can tell like that let strip tease he does at the end like he's smooth on his skates right and, and and so it's gripped in realism. And yeah, it's it would gri- make sense to hire real guys in minor league hockey yeah. for that for sure. It, it's it's gripped in. They they did that in um uh uh the, the U.S. hockey team uh, uh uh miracle right miracle. Sorry, Americans love that story. Right, right. Yeah, your team won once. Okay, good job, guys. Uh, um, gonna get a lot of hate about that, but anyways, uh. uh we don't get they hired. The they hired the, the kids in that movie. There, they can skate, and that's because they hired like legit hockey players. And and so it's, it's the whole movie's gripped in in realism. Uh, the reason I I picked it is because of the cult classic nature of it in Quebec. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. Like the first time I saw this movie, I was 15 years old on a bus going to Abitibi Temiskaming <laughs> in northwestern Quebec. For a hockey tournament, I was the only English kid on the team, and we watched this movie dubbed in French. Right. Which, by the way, the movie plays differently dubbed in French. And it's an absolute cult classic in Quebec. One of the main reasons is, you know what they did? They dubbed it in Québécois. They yeah. didn't dub it in France French. They dubbed it in, like, Quebec slang. But also, the, there's a couple of players are from Quebec, right? Yeah. There's, like, a whole bunch and, of players that the, only speak French. And, and, and in, in a movie nowadays, they would, yeah. they would get an American or a British actor who'd put on a Quebecois accent and then, and then do it. No, they got actual Quebec actors. You can tell like their French is, is like they're swearing and like they're, they're swearing and they're speaking in French and you can tell they're from Quebec. Yeah. Uh, Yvonne Ponton there, who's one of the guys, he actually becomes the coach on Lance et which is like a classic uh, Quebec TV show about a fake hockey team in Quebec city. The Quebec Nationals. Anyways, that's a whole other we could we could deep dive. There's a, there's a long Lo- list of Quebec soap opera yeah. hockey. Hockey related, soap. So there's a lot of Quebec hockey soap opera in the world. <laughs> it's all amazing, and yeah. especially the stuff in the '80s. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, he transitioned into that. But the the watching it with a bunch of guys, like and like, I never understood until that moment why everyone on my team wanted to be number sixteen, seventeen, or eighteen. It used to be guys used to fight over those numbers. Like when you at the beginning of the season you pick your number, and it's because they wanted to be Les Frere Hansen, you know, and they yeah. wanted to be the Hansen brothers. And I didn't like I didn't care about that, but but watching it like that and understanding the 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 culture behind the movie and how much is informed on other movies and how much is informed on real life. Yeah, it's it, that's why I picked it. Like the movie Goon is totally inspired by it. The movie uh, 
the real life story. Have you ever, have either of you ever heard of the Danbury Trashers? No. There's a Netflix documentary on these this team, this hockey team. It was founded by the guy who essentially like Tony Soprano was like loosely modeled on, and he gave his 17 year old son he a hockey team to run. So 17 year old boy, 17 year old boy, you grew up, you were a big fighter, you were a rough tough player, and you give this kid a hockey team. What's he gonna do? He's gonna make slap shot in real life, and he basically tried to make the Charleston chiefs in real life, like the biggest, toughest guys. Yeah. He had no money was no object. He could buy players. He wanted There's a whole documentary on it. They lasted two seasons. It's absurd, but like real life, like slap shot has inspired real life for good or for bad uh, stuff. Well, like, like when I was a kid, what was interesting about it was that it was all um, people, the, the young guys, they, they love the Hanson brothers and they love the violence of it. I don't think they realize that the movie's actually, by the end, pointing out how stupid the violence is and how utterly ridiculous the violence is. But like some people love it for that. Other people love it for the send up of it. Other people love it for different reasons. And it's been, it's inspired so many other things. And so that's why I've picked it. And if you want to see like the original, you know, goon, I guess you could say that's the one to watch. Very good. Thank you for your insight into that. Because uh, I mean, I, I thought that it, as a movie, it had great, characters it was like such a cool collection of characters together but i just like i didn't understand like what was it trying to tell me about hockey but i now i see it as like a, just a very dumb like a documentary style like graphic of what it was like to play hockey in the 70s especially in the minor leagues in yeah minor leagues, but yeah. but like two years before that the philadelphia flyers who at the time were known as the broad street bullies they won two stanley cups in a row just beating people up right like, so, like they did. Like they were just, they were, they were the meanest team. They sent the Russians. They, the Russians literally s- left. They were playing the Russians, and they were so violent yeah. that they just left. Like, like you guys aren't playing hockey. You're just. Beating they just people. got up, and they, they, they left. They came back <laughs> after, and they ended up losing badly. I think it was. Yeah. But that they were that intimidating that they made teams literally leave, and obviously, like it couldn't last forever. They had to changed the rules of the game to make it a little less ridiculously violent. Like in that, in that thing where the Bruins went into the stands, I checked it. I, I, I checked it the other day. The biggest suspension they gave was eight games uh, for uh. going into the stands and beating up a fan. Yeah. Could you imagine you did that now? You'd be gone for life, right? Yeah. Eight, six game suspension, eight game suspension. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And anyway. he got his money's worth. <laughs> he got beat up by a bunch of hockey players. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, if you're, uh, if you're picking a fight with a hockey player, you're... All right, Steph, you know. let's talk about uh, your movie. So, for my pick, I picked the 1996 Cameron Crowe rom-com classic, Jerry Maguire. As Joe rightly pointed out to me earlier today, Jerry Maguire isn't really a sports movie per se. It takes place in the sports world. But I love this movie so much because you've got Tom Cruise at his crazy actor best, You've got Cuba Gooding Jr. just screaming his way through a wonderful performance. And then you've got all that great music, which I love so much. Jerry, what do you think about Jerry Maguire? Was it the first um, movie featuring an agent? It seemed like it was kind of cool that it revealed like the world of agents. Because I don't think we like they don't talk about them enough in sports because they're like 
an important role in sports, right? They're like people who are making contracts and stuff for people. I don't no, know. exactly. A, a regular movie would have probably followed one of Jerry Maguire's clients, you know. Yeah. But in this case, we follow the guy who, I guess, in its own way, you could see it as a good, you know, triumphant ending because it's a guy who's pretty sleazy at the beginning, learning to become a real person, thanks to his teammates. You know, he's got the, the cute little kid. He's got his hot wife. He's got Cuba Gooding Jr. And they all rally together. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't my favorite Cameron Crowe movie, but it was good. I mean, I enjoyed it. It had a lot of these moments where I was like, ah, it's kind of like cheesy a little bit. Like, I don't know if any of you guys feel that way. Like, there's all these scenes where, like, she keeps seeing people making out in front of her. <laughs> and I'm like, like. Look away! Like stop staring at these yeah, people. She, keeps, she, sm she smiles at love a lot in a that lot, movie. A lot. <laughs> okay, so I agree that this is not Cameron Crowe's best movie. His best movie is hands down almost famous. But or oh no, singles. Uh, I still love Sing almost singles. Famous. <laughs> <laughs> but there's just something about Sing the singles movie. is a documentary about the about the 1993 grunge scene in Seattle, right? <laughs> Obviously. By the way, I, and I said this before uh, off uh, off air. If Jerry Maguire is a sports movie, fine. Then Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> it, for, and I don't want to get into that debate because that's probably like a whole podcast that unto could itself. Absolutely, one thousand percent be a whole podcast. But uh, we could do. You come back for the Christmas movie special. Also, also here here's a question for you. Like you're, you, you mentioned Hunger Games earlier, there, Jerry. Is Hunger Games a sports movie or is Hunger Games just a glorified execution? Mm, right? Like like they're basically just killing people in spectacle. Is it yeah. or or here here is Gladiator a sports movie? Yes, Gladiator is a sports movie because sport that was that was what was sports was in the Roman era. All right. Like did they have any other kind of sports? I, I don't I don't I'm not a historian. I don't know. I think they had something where they used to kick a rock around. If you ask me about 1970s hockey, I can give you answers. But uh. If I had to pick a quote-unquote real sports movie, uh, I would go with Whip It, Drew Barrymore's movie about the roller derby. But even then, that's, you know. Uh, well, is roller derby a real sport? Not, not the movie Someone about disagree. roller derby. It's roller derby. Yeah. Is, it, or, it, roller derby is sort of like professional wrestling, right? It's sports entertainment. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because it's scripted, right? But that being said, roller derby athletes are very much athletes, right? So, And I love that movie not only for the collection of badass women who are in it, but I kind of like that the team doesn't win the big game at the end, you know? But then they actually do win because they've made incredible friendships that they know will last forever. Those movies always get to me, too. Well, what about in Slapshot, where they do win the championship, theoretically, but the team still folds and the town still goes under? <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Like, the, it's like, like you won. Congratulations! The yeah. We're still gonna we're still folding the team because it's it's better that's as a, a tax real, write off. That's just kind of a realistic thing about sport. You know, well, you you want to ask like, if uh, if if uh, these movies are, are sports movies. My mo sure. my movie might not be a sports movie because it's dodgeball. No, your movie's definitely a sports movie. Yeah, but okay, dodgeball isn't a sport. It's yes, what you, you it do is. To, it's what you do to children to torture them and show them the reality of life. Like the, when you when you play dodgeball in elementary school, you're learning that the future you're going to be bullied like you are on the dodgeball court. They say that in the movie. They say, like, now pick the strongest kids so you can exclude yeah. the weakest ones and pick on them. And I'm like, 
they're saying it as a joke, as a but joke, that's but that is, very accurate to what dodgeball yeah, that is, is. And that is basically life. Yeah, <laughs> dodgeball <laughs> is dodgeball is a very cold, violent, uh, just aggressive sport. Yeah. I I've played it. I used to be a camp counselor, and I would play it against kids. And they would literally one of them would stand one way one way to try and distract you, even sometimes like pretend like they were hurt or something. And then the other one would whip a ball in your face. And then they would laugh about it because they think it's funny. And those balls like really legitimately do hurt when they hit you in the face. And yet we had to make rules about not hitting people in the face because that's all people wanted to do. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know if you wanted to talk about but but dodgeballs dodgeballs a sport. Well, you know, I mean, the movie came out in 2004. It's pretty star-studded. You know, Ben Stiller is in it, right? Uh, Rip Torn. Rip Torn is in it. Uh, uh, was it Charles Root? Was his name? I don't remember. The, the, the guy who Stephen Root. Stephen Root. Stephen Root. Yeah. Um, Christine. No, he was the guy who was in uh, News Radio. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he played Jimmy, Jimmy James at the right. time. Yeah. Um, he's a good actor. He's also in uh, Office Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, what I liked about the movie is the ori- if it, they had kept the original ending, it would have been a perfect movie. Because the original ending is they go to the finals and they lose. And then and what happens? The, and then the movie ends. And how does it? It just, it <laughs> it just ends, ends, ends with him getting shot in the face with a dodgeball. <laughs> and they lose and, and that's they it? Lose and that's it. And then closing credits. No that was the original. That was the, and the Bleak Studio refused to allow that to happen. So it became an alternate. Ending. It's a silly comedy. How is that? How is that the right ending? <laughs> no, but that would have been the best ending because it's like an unexpected ending for a silly comedy. That was quite a good comedy, actually. Uh, I mean, it's it's it doesn't go. really hold up, honestly. No, when you I we watched it a few nights ago, and just the fat phobic, oh, homophobic, yeah. misogynist. Like it was hard for me to watch that movie, honestly. I mean, this, uh, yes, in the end, it's just a silly comedy, and you have to remember that. But the writing, yeah, I don't think it holds up to snuff for a 2022 audience. No, you don't think so? In terms of, like, the the way it was written or the way that it's just, like, a kind of a cheap, cheap comedy, cheap jokes, basically. There's a lot of cheap jokes and expense of fat people. There's That's true. Uh, I mean, a lot of misogyny even the vince vaughn character comes on to christine taylor like really gross and then she ends up with him in the end yeah like that, Stuff like that really there's bothered. no way that yeah. any vince vaughn would end up with her <laughs> yeah. i mean i do love ben stiller as a silly bad guy i admit yeah. uh he's always green in those roles but like i said it was a bit tough to watch this one yeah he has this weird fetish where he wants to make love to pizza it's kind of weird. <laughs> yes, yes. Again, that goes back to the fat phobic stuff because it's like, oh, he was so miserable in his previous life. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely is offensive now when you think about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, I, I miss. I never thought about it like uh, that type of movie. If you're watching and you have like uh, weight issues or. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, exactly. It's definitely making fun of disordered eating, for instance, with the Ben Stiller character. It's definitely one of those like we're an underdog move. We're an underdog, so we can get away with this because we're like underdogs and we're gonna beat this like you know heavy team. But when you think about it, you kind of feel for the Ben Stiller character. Like he somehow he just lost all this weight, then he becomes fat again at the end of the movie. It's all for nothing. (laughs) 
I mean, I mean, the premise of dodgeball is the same as the premise of Slapshot. Actually, it's yeah. they they need to win the championship to save to the save the to save the gym and, and or the or the team but, in this. But they save the it is. gym in the freaking. But they save the gym on unlike in Slapshot where they win and they still don't save anything. Yeah, so Slapshot is a little more realistic because that's life. It's like you don't really win the championship. You don't save your whatever. Yeah, it, it's it's more accurate. It, yeah. It's it's a, it's an interesting decision for a comedy. Those poor orphans. <laughs> a movie as as slapsticky comedy as as dodgeball is though. I don't see how they could do it without a happy ending. Absolutely, is, yeah. they ridiculous. had to have a happy ending. No one would be happy walking away with that ending. But man, it would have been cool. It would have been cool. All right, so we're going to be starting to wrap things up on this episode. Jerry, what are your closing thoughts on sports films? I think uh, they the sports films have definitely evolved. Like we've seen a lot of great sports films, especially the last two uh, decades. Some really smart ones. Uh, Moneyball was pretty amazing. I don't even like like baseball that much, or but I th- I enjoyed that movie for some freaking reason. Um, and uh, you know, I like. I think there's a, a big future for good sports movie. I just watched the Kurt Warner story, and that was kind of interesting. It wasn't that bad. So uh, I I don't know like I'm not a big I'm not a big sports fan but I do like the occasional like underdog beats the world he like ch- faces the challenge and and it makes you it uplifts you and makes you feel good so definitely into that what do you think Stephanie So I think just like people are always gonna watch romantic comedies because they love a romantic idealized version of love. That's the same reason why people watch sports movies. They often want to see the aspirational, the underdog, you know, takes the big tournament and whatever. Um, it's we like to imagine the what if, the under the David versus Goliath. So I think these movies are going to keep going on forever. Uh, I'll just add that I think the best sports movies aren't about sports. I think we said that at the top. It's always about something else. It's always about something bigger. It's always about something better. Uh, and if you watch, if you're looking for good sports movies, find sports movies that are about other things as well. Uh, if you want to see actual good sports, just watch, just watch sports. You don't. Why would we do that when we can watch sports movies, Jerry? I don't think there should be sports anymore. Just sports movies. No sports. Everything's a sport movie. <laughs> Well, okay, that's a that's a bold it's take coming, coming from two hosts who are not big sports fans. I, I I think the leagues that make billions of dollars a year might keep going. I think it's I'm, called wrestling. Yeah, if you want, you know, you should watch wrestling. There you go. Like if they made a sports movie about wrestling, like it would be kind of ridiculous. They have they can't show. Well, they they can't show they do, the wrestler, which is a great movie. Yeah, but they can't really show what hap- they in that movie. They actually show what happens in behind the scenes. Well, but, the wrestler is. Great movie, yeah, but yeah. they can't show that if on a real wrestling thing. Like if they were doing WWE, they wouldn't show you how they talk behind before they go out in the ring about who's going to win the match and how they're going to win it. I guess they wouldn't show. They if you if you've seen the TV show Heels, they actually oh yeah they actually it's just like the behind the scenes. Yeah. It's, it's not mean, real. It's not real life though. It's a fictional TV if, show. If you right? want to watch something cool with wrestling, I recommend Lucha Underground. It's really cool. It's a Mexican soap opera about wrestling. That's also a wrestling show at the same time. Well, that so sounds it's very amazing. confusing. It's like, am I watching wrestling or am I watching a soap opera about wrestling? And you don't know where you are. It's kind of cool. Well, that seems great. Yeah. All right. So your homework after listening to this episode is make sure you watch slap shot. I don't know about dodgeball, but Jerry, would you recommend The Wrestler, for instance, people check out? Yeah, The Wrestler or Rollerball or The Hunger Games. Great sports movies. Or Moneyball, you were saying? Or Moneyball, yes. Yeah. I would say 
I still recommend Jerry Maguire, even though it may not technically be a sports movie. Uh, Show us the money. Exactly. I also <laughs> recommend you see Whip It, the Drew Barrymore's directorial debut. It's a lot of fun. All right. And as we're wrapping things up here, don't forget to like 41 Productions on Instagram and Facebook. And join us next time when we're joined by Elizabeth Laughlin, where we'll be talking about adaptations, our favorite book-to-screen movies. Uh, see you next time, and class dismissed. The Professors of Pop is a 41 Productions podcast. Produced by Stephanie Laughlin and edited by Jerry Gabriel. Opening music by Matt Gardner. Special effects courtesy of your respective creators. Slapshot trailer courtesy of Universal Studios.